Hi there. How many times have you seen some great ideas in corporate businesses start and then flounder and sink and toss millions of dollars away? It's not unique to any large corporate. It happens in all of them. And in this example, I show how I used business design to review one of these great ideas. So well-informed decisions could be made on next steps. Was I in time or was I too late? Welcome, my name's Dina and this is Diary of a Business Designer. Now you can register on my website, diaryofabusinessdesigner.com for email notification for new episodes, for links to resources and to download some content. Each week I touch on short examples of how business design can help you make great ideas into great businesses. So in one particular organization, I had already been working on several market strategies to build their business. And the CEO asked if I could look at a project that they've been building over the last 10 months. And the incoming CEO wanted an appraisal of the current state of the project and the recommended next steps. In this scenario, this project was to white label their products and services. Firstly, what is white label? White labeling occurs when a manufacturer of an item provides that product for branding and reselling and marketing by someone else. It's like the end product has been produced. You often see it in supermarkets, you know, home brand, store brand, black and white brand. It's probably the very same product and manufacturer that makes, let's say, muesli bars for all brands. It's white labeled. Banks use it for credit card processing and insurance products. You think it's the bank, but underneath the actual service delivery and underwriting is done by specialist organizations. Drop shipping your own products via e-commerce, for example, a lot of online t-shirt stores, they don't actually create the t-shirts or the printing. They just might create a slogan and it gets sent to you and you think it's been created by that organization. The benefits of a white label to an organization who's buying the product is it allows them to enter new markets and expand quite cheaply without having to develop their own products. And the benefits to the providing or the selling or manufacturing organization is it reduces their need to have sales channels and they achieve sales through others. In white label relationships, they're actually long-term relationships and usually the consumer is quite unaware of the agreement. We were the selling organization. We were providing the product and what we were looking at is white label, the right way to go to expand into new markets. We had a reseller looking to generate some additional income by offering a new service to their customer base. And they had already been selecting services from other manufacturers, aligning it with their brand and putting it into the market to their existing customers. In other words, it was like an adjacent service offering to their existing uh, role and relationship with their customers. And we knew in our organization that while this was our first white label partner, that there were other white label opportunities already emerging in the same market. And that meant there was opportunities for us to compete and be a white label provider or the product provider. 
And as an independent brand, our own marketing budget and our own market reach didn't compete with the major players anyway. So this was a way to gain market share by stealth. So a white label development team was gathered and a development project began. Now, 10 months later, there seemed to be some uncertainty on what priorities to progress. They had already invested a few million dollars into creating this capability. And in an exec meeting, I suggested that a small discovery group go and review the market need, understand where we're at with our current state build and capability, and define the gap to finish and close. And that we would do a type of business canvas, a business model canvas that would include, you know, the time and cost and resource effort to continue and the commercial benefit and return without actually doing the whole big business case analysis again. We just want to test the market, identify our current state, identify the gap to finish and the effort to do that. So time to get to work on it. Now, fortunately, this organization had already introduced the concept of canvases for prioritization. They worked already in a highly agile environment and they had a strategic initiatives uh, scale to help map against corporate strategies and initiatives. So a canvas wasn't new to them. We had to hit the street and understand the need and the problem. That's always first when doing a canvas or business design. We went and talked to prospective clients, noting that these are significant corporates and we needed to talk to heads of market strategy about their market and product expansion plans. Once meeting with them, we then went into deeper questions like why were they wanting to do this? What sort of budget? What was the problem they were trying to achieve? What was their vision and what was their view of their solution? How were they going to prioritize the attributes and features of the product and put that in the market that their customers may want it? And we were understanding their key drivers and what were their own business case processes and their commercial processes. We tried to understand about their desired margins. I mean, clearly, if you're the organization buying the manufactured product and then selling it, you're wanting to cover the costs of selling it and have desired profit. And we wanted to understand what was success and what was customer success in their eyes. So an example of that is they wanted to offer this product at a profit to them, to their million customers, and wanted to gain broader market share of their holistic service type offering and associated products. That way it would lock their customer base closer and longer with more loyalty to them, being they had multiple products procured from the one organization. There were other candidates looking to be white label providers to them. Uh, we wanted to understand their views on what the co-design looked like, what success looked like, and what were their non-negotiables. Note what we were not asking is, do you think this is a good idea? Once we map what the prospective clients were looking for, their needs, their problems, their vision on a solution, and their willingness to co-design and their non-negotiables, we discovered, and this happens often, that the original business case built a year ago was built without this level of deep dive. And we found a disconnect between the different customer types in the market. So they had built for a customer request. And when we tested the market, 
we found that the customers or clients were actually generally asking for something slightly different. So I'll throw in my ad again for subscribing to my podcast. You can hop on the website, register, and you'll get notifications to your inbox of new episodes. I'd also ask if you are listening on your favorite channel, be it Spotify or Apple, please subscribe, like, review, or share. My goal is to get to a thousand followers. Okay, back to the problem. There was a disconnect in what I heard from the customers we talked to and what I read the first customer asked that they had wanted and what we had built. When you're working with a canvas, the two sides, the right side and the left side, speak to different types of discovery. The right side of a canvas is the external facing, the customer facing, and how you might go about that. The left-hand side of the canvas is the internal facing, the solution and your capability and capacity and how you might go about that. So our next step was internal discovery. We've moved to the left side of the canvas. So the first thing I needed to validate is what had been asked, agreed, signed and built and all the documentation behind that. I reread the initial business case, the scoping documents, the requirements brief. I couldn't find the commercial agreement that the original customer had signed. I mean, like what? But anyway, and what happened is when they had built and launched the product for this customer, the customer didn't activate the channel that they had proposed to market the product at their end. When we visited the customer and tried to understand why they decided not to activate, they had actually changed their mind. They felt it was a good idea at the time, but it really wasn't part of their core purpose or strategy, and it didn't even align to adjacency of their core purpose. We have made a serious error of judgment here. And when I mapped what was actually built, which was a somewhat loose request to start with, we did build basically what was asked, but what we built was a front-end sales system capable of being white-labeled. When we mapped the detail of the sunk cost, as I said, that was already 10 months into build and X million in. We already had a non-evidence request that had already been invested in. The next stage was to actually map a market solution. So it's matching the right-hand side and the left-hand side in the middle to a solution construct that achieved the value proposition. And when I mapped the new customer requirements, so we had met with two significant organizations, both looking to procure white-labeled products. We felt we could grow to four to six organizations. I mean, we are talking millions of customers for each organization. This isn't small scale. This is big scale. And when we talked to them and mapped them, they both wanted a back-end delivery system. In other words, they wanted the provision of the product and they wanted to both maintain the customer front-end sales relationship. They didn't want the front-end system. And we had just finished building a front-end system, i.e. a call center, a customer identification, supporting collateral, all to be all able to be white-labeled. And we had not yet built the back-end part, which is the product that can be rebranded, maintained, and delivered to fulfill this white-label requirement. We had prioritized the wrong end of the build. 
So here we have now a mismatch in the value proposition. The previous customer wanted an end-to-end -end full service front end and back end had backed out and the potential market with the strong opportunities only wanted the unbuilt back end. So the next question is, is do we toss out the investment or do we continue? For step five, I needed to look deeper into the business model canvas about strategic alignment, capacity, capability, before we even spent any more effort on building an ROI business case. I tend to put ROI business cases further down the line of the discovery process. It can save a lot of time with some early decision making. So when we looked at business alignment, as I mentioned, the company already had a strategic initiative scale and their white label solution when we plotted it, both uh, full service or backend only, it was a big tick. It, it supported good for customer journey and the benefits to customers. It was a big cross on the impact of the staff and the resource capacity inside our organization. It was a big tick because it was already aligned to several strategic imperatives about diversifying our channel and market reach because, as I said, it wasn't a major player and didn't have the budget and marketing reach that others did. And being a significant investment, yes, not many organizations would go into white label, but it wasn't impossible. And some of these other significant competitors could pretty much do the same thing the cost to continue developing was still extremely high. And it was actually doubtful that we could yield a positive ROI within several years because we're scouring our own margin to make it attractive for a white label buyer. And it really had quite a lot of risks because the ROI is dependent on an external partner performing as its critical success factor. When I summed up the outcome, good idea in the market very impactful on business capacity and feasibility. It's doable, but a stretch. And it was very financially thin on the margins and highly dependent on others making it viable. This is where the sunk cost fallacy can kick in. We'd already spent this money. Do we keep going with a high element of risk in that it still achieves a strategic imperative or not? The final stage was a better understanding of how we might develop a relationship with the prospective client, because both of us needed to be open to a mutual benefits model. Both of us needed to be open to risk sharing, because it was the margin for both organizations that was an essential critical success criteria. When we met with the finance, actuaries, product managers, what I realized was is we had never done mutual benefits model for risk sharing. We had quite a fixed mindset about pricing, margins, discounting, and ROI. And we were quite unlikely to find a suitable profit margin. And when we looked at the external forces, the market was already saturated. There was increasing regulatory pressure. There was already negative consumer sentiment, increasing costs and the organization itself was undergoing transformation. And what was the outcome? To proceed, there was going to be a lot of effort, a lot of pressure on the business, a lot of pressure on staff. We had the challenge of overcoming a product pricing mindset in a very difficult market with a very fragile and low ROI. It was easy to keep going due to sunk cost, but a sensible canvas evaluation at the start 
even doing one in this case midway will save an organization millions of dollars. I put a diagram in the show notes about critical success factors and the gap between the current and the desired. That just helps shape the type of investment that would have been required to go ahead. Over the years, I've learned a lot from so many books and so many wonderful strategists out there. Two of my favorite that helped with this particular scenario was Doblin's 10 Types of Innovation and, of course, the Business Model Generation provides the Business Model Canvas. All of my books that I recommend are on my website, so you can hit the links on those. Love you to email me, ask questions, feedback. Don't forget to visit Diary of a Business Designer. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.